Whoa, whoa. Sorry. You had to move over? Nice, there you go. But you can hear it a little bit. No, I got you, I got you, I got you. What's up, everybody? It's a beautiful Wednesday morning. Just before 10 a.m., we welcome you into the All Day Everyday Show with All Day AJ and Manny Ruffin. Whether you're listening or watching, morning, at lunch, or at the gym, at bed, at night, happy to have you here. If you're watching on YouTube, drop a like, a comment, and do not forget to hit that subscribe button. And for our audio listeners on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, make sure to give us those ratings because those do help us go a long way on those audio platforms. We do have a banger show for you guys today, and I say that every week because we like to take pride in how we uh, how we outline our shows. Um, we don't talk about those. Everybody talks about the main headlines. We kind of find the ones that are in between that you may not hear anywhere else. So uh, we are going to start with uh, big stuff in the... Where is my sheet? Why am I losing that? There we go. Uh, we got some stuff in the NBA. Obviously, our ladder, our lottery was last night. Oh, uh, man. Big stuff. What's that? I just feel bad for a couple of fan bases. Yeah. Oh, just like hockey, too. That's right? a, uh, yeah. You know? Uh, Pat McAfee and the fellas are getting out of their FanDuel $120 million deal and moving over to ESPN, and that was hinted by some of the shows that they did during the college football playoff. We will get into that. Um, I don't know if I pulled this one up. Yeah, Jason Day, big wins there. Back to some golf chatter. I know we have the PGA Championship this weekend. NFL schedule is getting released finally, and we have some great matchups to discuss. Aaron Judge responding to the critics and the allegations about cheating. Bryce Harper and the Phillies get into a mix in Colorado over this weekend. Austin Matthews and the Toronto Maple Leafs are done their season, but Matthews does want to come back. Uh, plenty of stuff on the NHL to finish out, uh, you know, our second round there. And then NBA, John Morant. Guess we still like being hood. We will get all into that. The Knicks are done. Got to close them out, obviously. A good season. We will chat about it. And finally, we can say the Doc Rivers time as a Philadelphia 76ers head coach is no more. And then, obviously, we will break down these conference finals in the NBA. But let's all start back to the NBA. Lottery. Who lands it? The San Antonio Spurs. And what does that mean, Manny? What does that mean? Who's Who are they going to get? I mean, it's just like the Connor Bedard shit. Everybody knows who they're picking. It's unbelievable because, first of all, I can't say fuck the Spurs, but how I, <laughs> how do we manage? I mean, it's not it's not too bad. I think them getting David Robinson one and, and Tim Duncan one like that quick and that close together was fucked up. It has been a long time, but damn, they go through the they go through the depths of the shit. We we think Pop's gonna retire. Man, it's like he needs to be in a nursing home. Stretch the fuck out. It gets Victor Dub. The fuck about like and people were saying I saw people saying like it's not that big of a deal. I mean, it isn't that big of a deal. They are a lottery team. But if you paid attention to the Spurs a little bit, they had some talent. Like they had some talent. There was a lot of games they played a bunch of young guys that went 12, 13, 14 deep and got blown out by 18. But guys like Michael Brandon look really good. Trey Jones look really good. Like, I don't know. There's some pieces over there that if V-Dub comes in and is actually real, that's the real question. Is V-Dub actually real? Boy's a little skinny. We saw Chet, similar size. They didn't even make a regular season game. I do think that kid's special, though. Just seeing those clips, like, God damn. 
I but I mean shout out to the Spurs. I I honestly my whole lottery thing. I feel so bad for Rockets and Pistons fans. I mean holy fuck. How did the Pistons fall that how, far? I mean holy shit. How much do we have to go through? I thought about my uncle Mikey's in, in fucking Detroit. I wanted to call him, but I'm like, I, if I call him right now, it's probably not a good time. How the fuck do we fall? I thought they were fifth. Yeah, they were and the five. Rockets are six. It was. I think like that's cool. That's two straight kicks in the dick, like back to back. They go. literally were saying on the broadcast, they're like, wow. So that's because everything like after each card kept turning. They were like, all right, that was exactly what we knew, according to plan, according to plan, according to plan. And then when the Pistons got flipped, everybody was like, just, you could hear in the broadcast, everyone was like, whoa, okay, so that's our big change. I don't know how they fell that far. And I'm saying the same thing. I mean, you would think a team that is in shambles like them would have had one of the biggest chances to get number one. It's posing the question for me. So since we do know these, these lotteries are rigged, did they did they rig it for the Sixers back in the day? Did Hanky have his hand in shit? I mean, we were pulling them. We got the one number one pick. We got like a three pick. Maybe 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 the league might not hate us as much as I say because I see the, I see the purgatory that Pistons and Rockets fans going through, and I'm actually kind of grateful for the chance to be caught back in the day because that fucking I mean God I just pour one out for Pistons and Rockets fans. You guys don't deserve. I that. really would like to know, uh, what's going on if people are are you know, believing in this whole rig thing because now we've seen two lotteries where it's like, this is kind of sus. Obviously, like, you know my thoughts on the fucking Blackhawks one. I don't, I think that was okay. People are just mad that it's the Blackhawks. In this case. Someone get Webiana in the gym though. Yeah, well, well, what I was going to say about that is like, we remember when Giannis came into the league and we Mm -hmm. can see his size then versus now. It's look just at like look at AD last night. AD looks jacked now. He still gets hurt. He won't have any problems. But he looks jacked now. Embiid looks jacked now. Like, I think, is this picture edited of him at all? He looks a little bigger in that picture than he normally does. They probably put a little light on him. Yeah. You know I mean, I, like. Give my man, I mean, number one pick. Right, gas right. him up a little bit. I did like that they were all there. I was like, it almost looked like it was like draft The night. draft, yeah. Like, I was like, what, bro? It's not now. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, wait a minute. Like, are we picking? Because, like, I, I guess you really have to have that confidence to know that you're getting drafted first. If like when the Spurs get it, regardless like who like who like my family, my friends that are around me, everybody was just clapping because they just it. know like yeah, that's gonna yeah, be you. Yeah. And like I saw this um on Fandle the odds, uh for for V Dubs to go first overall, it's minus two hundred, and then it's like the rest of the field is like plus one ten or plus one fifteen, something like that. I know him is minus two hundred. I don't know if I'm. He's just, going one, bro. So like, and I saw a joke actually tweeted, and he was like, "This is like, actually one of the something along the lines of like, this is actually one of the you know, uh, locks that I would actually throw on a two hundred. Is meaning he, like, do you like fucking throw bands on the minus two hundred? I kind of have two questions. Of this. He's French, right? Okay. First question I have is, gut feeling. Just your gut feeling. You watch these clips. Is he the real deal? Do you think? I do. I do. Second question. Is France about to cook the shit out of this next fucking Olympics? <laughs> I had a feeling you were yo, going there. France was, real. France was real last Olympics. And mistake me if I'm wrong. I think Joel Embiid had said something after the Olympics about possibly playing for France. I could be tweaked out. Someone fact checked that. So I think Embiid can play for France, even though his citizenship is, I think, Cameroon or some shit like that. I think he can play for France. If he plays for France... If Victor plays for France, they might fuck us up next Olympics. We'd be acting too cool. I'd be interested to watch this international basketball I think fucking expanding and shit. This too. is also shining light on like international players coming to the NBA. Absolutely. You know, like 
this is going to be a number one pick from internationally versus, you know, go in the traditional, you know, D1 school route, play maybe a year or two there and then move on. Um, you know, so I think that's shining light there. While we're on this topic of college and international, do you want to shine some light here? Can we do we is this is this worthy of an applause? You tell me after I say it. Who? Uh Bronny going to USC? Yeah, that, that's worth it. 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 I mean good luck. I you know, from the best. And we have I hope we get the ball. You know, so that, that, that'll be nice there. Uh, Silence the haters. Rodman's going there as well. Seem like we, uh, Rodman's kids going there. So, seems like we got a little uh, little but powerhouse coming in. I, uh, saw, USC. I saw a headline that the, um, the USC coach said something about the, like, they're not going to be, like, people were asking that about their involvement. He's basically just like, quote, unquote, like, they're not, they're not going to be involved. Like, this is my team, basically. And I like that. I think Brian wants it that way, too. Uh, yeah, coach my kid like right. a regular human being. Like, I'm here. I can talk to him after the games, but coach him like a regular human. I like that shit. All right, let's go to uh, – we're going to be bouncing around today. So let's go to Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee's show uh, per ESPN here is heading to ESPN, leaving the FanDuel deal that he has for $120 million and heading to ESPN. Now, there was some like some things that needed to be done in order to go to ESPN because if you guys like have watched the Pat McAfee show, it's not censored, right? We're saying fuck. We're saying, you know, just – Mainly it's fuck, but there's a lot of other curse words that I they're mean, saying in there. We're also having conversations about the vaccine. Right. Shit right. like that. So, like, stuff that isn't really, um, I don't want to say okay for ESPN. We should be able to talk but about, but we can't talk about for whatever reason. Accustomed to ESPN you know culture, I guess. We should be able right. to have a conversation about that shit. But, and know. I think that shows that we understand these people. 100%. So, um, you know, and, and how you start, like, enjoying and liking these personalities is from the deeper things they talk about versus just the sports takes that they have. Facts. So, uh, one of the things was uh, McAfee had promised to not say fuck as much. Now, I like how it's worded like that because I'm like, we don't hear people on ESPN and, you know, any form, analysts or sports broadcasters, color commentators, no one says fuck on ESPN. So if he's if the quote is he's not going to say fuck nearly as much, does that mean we get might get our first couple like fucks dropped on ESPN? That's the only thing I See, think. See, I hope I... Obviously, this is like a uh, this is like a ruse fantasy because there are gonna be people that take what I say and are like, yeah, I was right with you, bro. I don't want Pat to never change. He should be saying motherfucking fuck them pussies on ESPN at six o'clock in the afternoon. Like, okay, maybe he shouldn't do that. Right. Like, but damn, I just I just always hope there's a way we could do this without changing. But business is business. He's changed his homies' lives. Like, you think about the story, first of all. He tells it plenty of times on his podcast, but going to each of his homies, I think he was giving them 15, I think it was 15,000 or maybe 20,000. He just showed up with a duffel bag full of cash. I, brought, I think I said, it was 15, 20 each, and Quit he was job. like, come on, like right away. And that was before the FanDuel contract. And then when he got the FanDuel contract, I remember him talking about it on the show, he gave that shit to his homies. I can only imagine this ESPN contract. So who am I to say, don't change, Pat? You changing lives. I mean, you changing the face of podcasts and sports media, giving a good voice to the players. People are actually able to come out and actually tell you how we really feel, how the locker room's going on. So I know there's going to be, whenever you sign contracts and you go up, you go up in life, there are always going to be people hating and barking, oh, you changed this, you changed this. It's the Drake bar. I ain't changed, I millioned. Damn! <laughs> Damn! Nah, Shout were, out Pat, man. Shout out Pat. They were huge for that. Um, you know, on top of it, obviously, um, you know, the the main thing that needs to be highlighted for people that haven't watched the Pat McAfee show um, is coming to ESPN now, they don't have to change anything. And that's the one quote that Pat said. But really what it means is 
in in the technical terms of you know running a show like that they will still remain creative control and that's very important for how the pat McAfee show runs how they do things also i read on front office sports um, an article from Front Office Sports saying that it's going to be a little over $10 million a year to McAfee. I don't know when that goes into in terms of, like, long-term, um, you know, what the rest of the guys get. Tone Diggs, A.J. Hawk, the crew. Um, are they still – are they going to have to relocate? The other cool thing is they're opening up a new time slot on ESPN. So it's going to run after Get Up and after First Take. So 12 to 3. Yeah. Same shit. So twelve. Well, I mean, that's three slot for ESPN has been fucking god awful. No, no offense. Man. I mean, I think Max comes on at three. Well, you have your, you have the this just in. First take. Is after that NFL Live. I know Sports Center comes on right at twelve. I hate that. And like that's just recapping, you know, night, like stuff that we saw last I've night already on the late I, night. I, I've never thought Sports like Center SVP would be did so that already. Absolute. I mean, unless you're having really morning highlights, then like that's when we need to do that. But so Pat McAfee will take over that, um, and then you know you have. This just in at three, but I think this is this is. Hey, let's remember when Pat McAfee was on Barstool, and he was and all the stuff from his very beginning. Oh, you're crazy as a punter to not punt for as long as you can because that's easy money. You're not really gonna get hurt. And then he goes to Barstool, and then he leaves Barstool. You're crazy for leaving Barstool. This was what your one big opportunity that you had. And then he goes off on his own, then does this, and now he's on ESPN. So. People hate uh, that he's going to have Aaron Rodgers on. Next thing you know, they're tuned in every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. Everybody wants to. And, and he's dropping news on Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. And him. Him. Adam Thielen gave him the okay to drop his news of him going to Carolina. That's, That's good for the players. ESPN didn't get that. Pat McAfee People got that. Hate. And they're going to keep watching. Keep doing your thing, Pat. Because you're an inspiration to us and probably plenty of others. Hell yeah. Definitely. Definitely a big inspiration to us. Now, while we keep it on the ESPN, I guess, football side of things, let's go to some of the uh, the the... NFL schedule we have from the score.com here score I hope you're watching because you know Manny wants us to get moving on score stuff here <laughs> uh anyway the five best weeks in the NFL's 2023 schedule according to the score I was you know what I was so happy and I, w- I had a I had a nice little spot in here that they was highlighting like the best five weeks of the NFL I saw the Giants twice <laughs> I said no shit let's go fellas we moving up in the world. I saw the Giants twice. I think I saw the Giants in there as many times as I saw the Jets. And I'll tell you what. I said, okay. This is why it's better that the Giants are on there and and not the Jets. It's more, I guess, it's more uh, satisfying and it's more, I think, more important that the Giants are on there than the Jets because the big reason why the Jets are on there is because Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And the, the Giants I, are there because of how they performed last season. Facts. If Aaron Rodgers is not there, they might not have gotten this many primetime games. And that's just a fact. Uh, but let's start this from the score. We'll go over these three games here. Uh, number, starting at number five is week 11. Uh, November 20th at 8.15, we have the Super Bowl rematch, the Chiefs and the Eagles. The day before that on the 19th. Where's that game? Where's that game? Where's that game? That's in Philly. Love that. I believe. I, that. I need to double check on that. Love that. Let me nah, just. Probably, probably. If they said verse, it's probably in Philly. Because it has Eagles second, so you would think Eagles is the home team, which I should fucking know that. Um, but let me just double check that real fast. The next one that they have there. Um, is Bills and the Jets. That's the day before, November 19th at 425. That's going to be a huge game. Um, And this one's going to be actually the Eagles game. It's in Kansas City. Okay, there we go. Which is weird why they're writing it the opposite way. But it's 815 Monday night. That's the November 20th um, in Kansas City. Hmm. After the Bills and Jets game, the Thursday night game, 
November 16th at 8.15 p.m. is the Ravens and the Bengals. Should be a good one. Odell's there. Zay Flowers there. Lamar Jackson after his re-signing. And Joey B with growing out the hair and the bandana and and or the headband and, and the, the bigger muscles now. He's wearing the tank top. Call him Will Levis, maybe. Holy shit. I thought it was a bad thing. Hey, until, I, until, I know. Thank you. Until Thank you. The, until he liked the guy that's doing it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I was waiting for somebody to say it. Number four is week 13. The Eagles back on it again. The Eagles and the Niners, December 3rd at 425. Again, this is week 13. Jaguars and Bengals, December 4th, the day after at 815. Interesting. That is an interesting one. Um, I guess. Because we'll see what leap that T-Law makes this year. Especially with Kevin Ridley back. Yep. You know, got to shine light on that. They try try not to let T-Law off the hook for that 27-point comeback. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. then we go to Cowboys in Seattle, November 30th. That's also 8-15 of the primetime game. Come the fuck on. They be trying to get the Cowboys. Any, come the fuck on. I mean, I don't, like, is it more about the Cowboys than that or the Seahawks? I mean, I know the Seahawks made some moves. but is They it, did make some moves, but it's the Cowboys. Oh, this team made some moves. The Cowboys. You know how that should be. Fuck the Cowboys. Like, I don't, I don't think. Uh, maybe that's just me. I don't know if the Seahawks really deserve to be in that slot there. I mean, I guess it's week 13. I think they'll be. I, th- I actually think they'll the be. I think they'll be a top 12 team in football this year. And here's the thing. I think they'll be a top 12 team. Remember how we're flexing games, right? So, and we talked. We everybody talked about the whole flexing games bullshit. But and both of these teams stink. Flex that bitch. They're flexing it. Yeah. They right. You know and what I mean? There's a big chance that could happen. Exactly right. <laughs> um, even though we we got we got uh, we had a fairly decent draft in Seattle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, then our next one in week 13, there's five games on this slate for from the score.com. Chiefs and the Packers, December 3rd. Uh, that's also 820. Come the fuck on. Is that really a good matchup? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Who's there? Who's there? Pat Mahomes versus Jordan Love. I, I guess the first iteration of it. <laughs> and Christian sure. Watson? Yeah, my fault. <laughs> my fault, C-Dub. <laughs> that's it. Uh, okay. And then finally, in for our uh, closing number four in week 13, Patriots and Chargers, December 3rd at 1 p.m. Thank God it's a 1 p.m. game because never would have thought. Good 1 p.m. game. I was going to say. Good 1 p.m. No game. chance we're, getting, we're hitting primetime. Good 1 Got 1 p.m. It? game. All right, let's go to week five. This is the number three. Uh, 49ers and Cowboys, October 8th at 820. Give us a fucking break, NFL. Oh, my <laughs> and, God. NFL just likes the, the rematches. Jesus I see. Christ. And then uh, October 8th, this is... Uh, at 9.30 a.m., I just want to make sure I know where, where exactly this one is. Uh, obviously, our international games this year. Um, this oh, will be shit. in London at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday, October 8th. That's the Jaguars and the Bills. The Bills are the home team in that oh, game. Oh, I like that. We get some good We get some good London 9.30 games. Because normally, because you know the Jaguars always get it. But remember, just, it used to be like shit Jags up. and Texans. Fucking Falcons. Like, exactly. I like and that. Like, games that didn't matter so that i mean hey i think they're doing a little bit we better. all gonna go up and gamble did, that day we did have exactly right but we did have giants and packers last week nah, or yeah, last yeah, year yeah, yeah. which that was, we did that was think, the good one we did think it was gonna be a bad game because we were packers the early on in the Giants season but giants got the comeback win mm-hmm. there um those scheduling in, in these international games has definitely gotten better but that's uh the london game 9 30 on sunday october 8th we'll keep it sunday october 8th again in week five vikings and chiefs at 425 right. i mean okay yeah, yeah. okay Vikings, it's, had Vikings had to get another receiver yeah. to, to, to get them onto a 425 yeah. slot against the Chiefs. And then here we go, finally. Uh, the Giants on here. Dolphins and the Giants, October 8th. That's the one. I game. can't wait for that match. I'm just going to say, this, with the team that the Dolphins has and the experience and the season that the Giants had last year, 
Why is this not at least a 425 game? Oh, they're hating. A Thursday night oh, no, no, game. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm right Sunday with Sunday night game. This should not be a 1 p.m. game. I mean, this is not like it's like. Wait, you isn't, know, the, isn't the night game this week Cowboys uh, 49ers? That was the that was uh yeah I mean that's a I Sunday mean, that's a Sunday night game I, I mean 49ers Cowboys is a Sunday night game in week five uh, I, uh, maybe because I hate the Cowboys and 49ers so much but God so damn. then you tell me this. Dolphins Giants is a bad tell me this then tell me this then why the fuck do the Packers visit Las Vegas against the Raiders for the Monday night game oh, why is hell, that the Monday night oh, game hell no that's and that's they the, should be sending the motherfuckers over to London. If you ask me, I mean nine thirty a.m. Yeah, if you ask me, and I guess I guess they don't do. Did the Jags go? Did they have an international game last year? Because I just don't know if they like most sending like, most likely. Because I was, I don't think they send teams other than Jacksonville, like two overseas twice. Yeah, like back to back years. Um, so yeah, Dolphins Giants there, and then before the Raiders and Pakistan's, we already said that one. Um, Steelers and Ravens October eighth at one p.m. So right. divisional matchup. Okay, yeah. one to highlight there. Number two, this is week nine. Again, the store, the score got dot com. Chiefs and the Dolphins, November 5th. This is our uh, 9.30 game as well. Like want to make sure. A.M.? Yeah, 9.30 a.m. I want to know, make sure Holy where shit. we are here. Everybody's doing this international stuff. So this is week nine. And at 9.30 a.m., where are we? We're in Frankfurt, Germany. I like that. Dolphins and Chiefs. I like that. International series. Uh Chiefs are four and a half point favorites right now that I'm seeing on ESPN. Just something to highlight Dolphins there. Plus four and a half. Uh, next is November 5th here at 425. Our divisional matchup, the Eagles and the Cowboys. Solid. W. You know, w. can't. I think the Eagles are going to beat them twice this year and Probably. put them put them in the grave. Shitty bus. Uh, and then the Sunday night game on November 5th in week nine is the Bengals and the Bills. I like that. Rematch of of uh, the game that was not played last year. You're gonna keep trying to spice that little rivalry. Hundred percent. Then we have November six. This is our Monday night game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes, it is. Surprising, but it's because Aaron Rodgers. The Chargers visit the Jets on November six, Monday night. It's a banger, 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 banger. Justin Herbert. Yeah, yeah, I can get with that. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I like. Okay. That. Then our November fifth, our one p.m. game. Uh, Ravens and Seahawks. Jesus I mean, it's not a primetime game, so I'm not mad I'm at it. Say, love the Seahawks. But I, I'm telling you, yeah, they're, they're big Seahawks guys. And then our 425 game in Week Nine uh, on November 5th is the Raiders and the Giants. The Giants, I think, are in Vegas. We'll give them that one. We'll give them that one. I'm all over the Giants and that motherfucker. Me too. I'm Me too. all over the Giants. You know, and I'm that happy that they're good now because again, we're in a Philadelphia market. Hell yeah. So these games, I got to stream. Hell yeah. So. Having a 425 game, I know huge, it's going to be on Fox. Huge for you. You know? Huge for you. Um, so that's big. Or actually, no, that'll be a CBS game. Huge. Oh, my. Look at that. Because that's AFC. So that'll be CBS 425. Okay, the Giants do something. And then finally, this is the number one out of the top five uh, scheduling NFL games in on the score.com. They are calling number one week one. And we have seven games here that we want to highlight from the score. Jets and Bills. September 11th, 8.15 p.m. Wow. Nice one there. Yeah, um, too. yeah and oh. I think they made that even better because you're right. It is September 11th, and that is the Monday night game. Tough. I like that. In New York. That's... Like, very... So, 
this isn't stupid to say, okay? This is just highlighting the fact that the NFL schedulers made it in New York and a primetime game hell with yeah. Aaron Rodgers on purpose. Uh, hell yeah. Okay? Uh, that's not stupid to say. We're just highlighting that. that that's the fact. The next one here is the Chiefs and the Lions. Uh, this is Ooh. opening night, September 11th. This is a Thursday game. Chiefs are going to hang the banner. 8.20 p.m., Chiefs and Lions. Now, I've heard a couple ESPN radio guys on, like, SiriusXM talking about this matchup and just saying, like, hey, this has potential to be a really good game because of what the Lions did at the end of the last year, the moves that they made. A little questionable, but still got better. Um, but this also could be, like – a bad start for the Lions. Meaning, Maybe. you know, they get they get pounced on and then it's like, damn, like that's how we start our year. So I, I, I but I think every scheduler, like I don't even know why I'm saying that I think because this is just a fact. When a team that wins the Super Bowl, their their starting game is gonna be someone that the schedules are putting in to have them win. Pretty much. Because you don't want to hang the banner and then you fucking lose. lose. Yeah, 100%. Like uh, it's like when the Rams got stomped on. 100%. Um, okay, now our 8-20 game. This is our Sunday night game. Like, crazy, by the way, that this has ever happened. Week one, the Giants and the Cowboys on Sunday night. Oh, okay, yeah. I actually had a problem with that. Really? I hate that. Why? First of all, I hate playing divisional games week one. Mm. Hate that. Second of all, we're going to make it divisional, prime time, and you know this shit, this ESPN shit, WWE, and whoever loses that game, whether it be Dak Prescott or Daniel Jones, it's just going to be WWE. I, I I love it for entertainment, but I just hate that. For yeah, the facts. Like like first take in the morning the next day. The it's first gonna be like, week divisional game. So it looks like Dak Prescott's the, the better quarterback. The whole season's fucking taken care of at this point. Looks like Saquon Barkley's done as a giant. That's going to be the biggest like, thing from that game. All, all the all those quotes after. I'm yeah, sure it'll that's be a funny. Good game, but the it is just crazy to have primetime Giants in Week One. I mean, I like again, they had a sun, they had a Monday night game against the Cowboys last year, mm. so like it's not like that's anything different. Um, our 425 game on Sunday, September 10th in week one is the Chargers and the Dolphins. Pretty Dang good start. Man. Pretty good start there. Especially like Thursday that. Night football, because we were hating on Thursday Night Football. And then here we go again with some divisional stuff. Uh, 425 again on Sunday, September 10th. Uh, Bears-Packers. It's divisional one. I mean... Jordan Love versus Jay Fields. First iteration of the rivalry. We, I mean, week and one. I think it's... This is a divisional matchup. And it's not going to get that and much... people are going to overreact. I don't know! I mean... With the hype with Aaron Rodgers saying, I own you, I own you. Let We're not Love, seeing that let anymore. Let Jordan Love go in there and ball out and like win by like 14 and Justin Fields has a struggle, struggles for a game. Oh, my God. They're going to love it. The, well, gonna media's going to say, well, Jordan Love, it's love his it. first. It's, it's his, his uh, he's had what? You know, this would be his third or fourth start. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's better than Justin Fields now. That's what they're going to say. can't wait. Then our, uh, another 425 game, Patriots and Eagles, September 10th. That's week one. They try to get us in prime time, which I shout out. I like that. Get they also time. want. We're going to beat that ass. I'm, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I guess ass. they want the Eagles to, to start out hot. Uh, I Where was I seeing this? The Eagles had one of the the like, the like toughest schedule. Yeah, the hard schedule. Yeah. Year. Yeah. Blasting I saw them. that. Um, and then lastly, here to close out this NFL uh, conversation on scheduling September 10th at 1 p.m., Steelers and Niners. I mean,. I don't know if that's the one to highlight. I don't know either. Um, I mean, it's a 1 p.m. game. It's fine. But... Might as well just highlight our scramble. We're going to play that morning instead of that. Yeah, facts. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, that's Shout funny. out Kenny Pickett, though. I mean, do you yeah. think? All right. Fault gang, but Jesus I mean, yeah, Christ. sorry, dude. Like, that's, <laughs> they gave you me know. twice. They got you on there twice. 
All right, uh, we are going to touch on... I did skip over this real fast, so I want to make sure I get this on here. Jason Day. Finally back in... story. Yeah, finally back in the uh, in the win column here. Um, wins Byron Nelson for the first tour victory since 2018 from the score.com. Um, his mom died, obviously, passed away. Uh, so to win on Mother's Day is obviously really special. And just to see Jason Day. I mean, we remember... Growing up with this guy. Like just about a year ago. Yep, just about a year. Crazy. Um, shot nine under 62 for on a one-shot victory on Mother's Day. Pretty, pretty inspiring He was down stuff. a good bit, too. Yep. Because, like, it was Scotty in the mix with a bunch of, like, guys who were outside the top 100. And I looked at the scoreboard. Next thing I know, J-Day's, like, 17 under. Next thing I know, he's, like, 19 under. He was just fucking hooping. Shout out to him, though, because he's been playing good golf. He's been playing good golf back down Till I would say the PGA Championship last year, mm-hmm. like he played very well at the uh, where was the first FedEx one at? Um, he played very good at the first FedEx, and I think he played okay at the BMW. And then it was like, okay, JD might be making a push, come back, and seeing him do this this year with the PGA Championship. I'm probably gonna place a little ticket on him win the PGA. Yeah, he I mean, pro- the other he one probably here. won't do it, but so, but it's I'll worth tell you it. this though: the, the only major that he has, 35 year old Jason Day has in his 13 career wins, is 2015 PGA. PGA. Yeah. So. You never know. I mean, coming into this is what all these golf thirty two hundred. I think he is. all the golf analysts say all the time, like just on regular Sunday broadcast, Friday, Saturday broadcast. They say when you win an event before a major, it it gives you a, the utmost boost and confidence mm-hmm. to go out on day one and go low. Thanks. And especially that for other people that don't realize, like when you're teeing off in the early morning. You're getting that softer grass. You're going to be able to attack oh more pins. Yeah. So if he gets like an 8-10 yeah. tee time, yeah. you know, an 8-30, an 8-45 tee time, he can be, go out and attack, you know, maybe start out man. six under, four, five, six under. Could he be might, a, a style. I might be on to something. I, I think J-Day round one leader. That's what I was just about to say. If we get that early tee time, shit. Like I said, y'all heard it here first. Y'all can make the money or not. So, again, I don't know what the tee times are. We'll have to look at it. But if he is in a morning <sighs> time slot, definitely going to take him to we, go we low that day. And I wonder what it is. It's got to be over 1,000. Hell yeah. You would think so. Hell yeah. Um, but, yeah, cool stuff there. Just wanted to highlight that. We'll get into, obviously, some ra- reactions of the uh, PGA Championship, uh, obviously, you know, once we get to the end of the end of the tournament here. Um, let's move on here to – did I f- accidentally just exit out of that one? I did. Uh, Aaron Judge. We'll start here. Over to the MLB. Are you – Fucking kidding me, man. Give that guy a break. Come on, man. So I hate y'all. Two nights ago, Aaron Judge hits two home runs. And after his when he's in the batter's box in a two two count, he's looking to towards the dugout, is what he said he was. But you can't see that in the frame that is being zoomed in on. What you see is his eyes just giving a side eye somewhere in the distance, but we don't know what it is. And the then there's and then the Toronto broadcasters see him do it again, and there was a ball down in the dirt. It's now full count, and they're talking about him like you know I'm not trying to throw any allegations out there, you know unwanted or unwarranted allegations out there, but like you know it's a little, a little it's just a little fishy for a player of that caliber just to look at something like that, and then he's like right when the three two pitch goes in the dirt and it's full count now he's like oh and he just did it again, then the next pitch is a slider. Dick high. And he hits at 462 feet. So I just think it's fucking, of course it's so ironic that, like, they're talking about this bullshit and then he hits a home run. And that's what everybody's saying, right? What you're not analyzing is that there's two things you're not analyzing. Number one, the guy who had 62 home runs last year, if you throw him a slider that is 
dick high. He's going to take it. He's going to take it. And he, he mashed it. That's number one. Number two, everyone's bitching about these third base coaches and first base coaches. Now, again, if we'll get into the conversation last night. But if there is a pitcher tipping his pitches, like those coaches are taught to know, signal your guy to kind of give him the pitch. That's not illegal. That's not illegal. You're allowed to do that. So in this sense, MLB Network was talking about it. And this guy, this one guy, like the host of the show, was bitching about it, bitching about it. And I'm like, you can't come on air and say that shit because you don't know the rules. You're allowed to do that. If you're not, if you're mad at that and you're saying that you can't do that, then, like, don't tip your pitches. It's the same thing. Whether he was, that was my first initial reaction. Because I I had thought, when I had seen looking to the dugout, I had thought about the NLCS when when Bryce was telling Boom. I was the NLCS with the World Series when Bryce was telling Boom about, about like, I don't think he was tipping pitches, but, like, yo, I saw something in this. And And I wouldn't... I wouldn't have been surprised if they put a close-up on Boom two or three times of that at bat. He might have looked over at Bryce like, yo, you okay, okay, this next, okay. Like, just, getting, loud. Con- just getting confirmation. If he's not tipping his pitches, I don't know what dugout he's looking into, but what if they're talking too loud? What if, they're st- what if he's stealing signs? That's all something that is, is in the context of the game. Like, nice. anything that has to do it. We're not hearing trash cans go off in the outfield. We're not seeing quarters or something getting thrown in the back of his helmet when someone gets a sign. Like, nothing egregious. This is all within the game, in the diamond. Coach right here, looking at the dugout or looking at my coach. It's funny how they always come for the top dog. It's just so funny to me. We could probably pull so many examples of guys like maybe doing it way worse, staring in the fucking dugout until there's probably five seconds left in the fucking in the in the clock. I just find it funny how when it becomes a top dog and he does something a little shady, we gotta just fuck. And I hate the Yankees. We are, we all know this, but. I think that's really funny how when the top guy does it, it's a little fishy. Everyone's like, yeah, oh, my God. I knew these 62 home runs weren't legit. I knew he was doing some bullshit. I knew it. It's like, man, let, Everyone's that, man, quick to let speak. that man be great, dog. Like you said, the slider was a hanging fucking slider. Well, I mean, He's going to hit dude. that out. Like, it's sitting right there for him. You put on, it on man. a silver platter. And the other thing, too, when he had said something, when you know he they asked him about it at the end, he said he didn't want to make some comments on it. He's like, people are allowed to have those comments. But... What he said he was doing is he was looking at the dugout. Because before that, there was a pitch during that at bat that was literally like almost at his ankles, at his shins, very close to his ankles, and it was called a strike. And Boone comes out and is hot. And he is screaming his head off. How the fuck's that a strike? Yada, yada, yada. He gets booted. So Judge said that he was looking at the dugout because Booney was already kicked out. It's 6 nothing. The Yankees are winning. And he's like, I'm still hearing guys chirping in the dugout. There you go. So he's like, and that's captain type shit. There you go. So he said, I went back to the dugout after that at bat, and I started asking people, who the hell was saying stuff? We're done. The manager's gone. We're done. All right? We're up 6 nothing. Relax. We got a couple innings to play. Let's just get this game if done you, and go. If you are a leader, people are still in your, in your own dugout arguing. You're going like to fucking shit. You're gonna look he over. Said he, like, exactly. Just like gonna, that. He's going to look. And like, he even said um, he said he wanted to see who was saying stuff. And then he said after the game in the clubhouse, he said, I said it again. Guys, there was no point in doing that. We were up 6 nothing. I get it was a bad call. But we're up 6. It would be different if it was like a 1-1 game. We got runners in the corners. And there's one out. And we need to get a base hit. Um. But in this sense, I think that was captain shit. Um, and then, obviously, last night, the next night, Domingo Herman gets ejected for pine tar on his right mm-hmm. hip. Mm-hmm. Fine. You can't do that. I mean, he, he could have made it more obvious, honestly. Um, but then Toronto's coaches are bitching at Yankees' third and first base coaches because they're outside of the box, right, outside of first and third. Well, then Yankees' third and first base coaches get yelled at. Fine. Two innings later, actually, it might have been one inning later, 
Toronto's base coaches are doing the same shit the Yankees coaches were doing. I'm just not saying anything. So Boone runs out and he's like, are you shitting me? That was his, his quote. He said it. You could read his lips. He's like, are you shitting me? Why are you telling us to do it and then not telling them? So, and then uh, when Judge hit a, he hit the go-ahead two-run homer in the eighth inning, 442 feet, another bomb. He's rounding third and he just covers his eye. Just covers his eyes. And then right before he touches home, he covers his eyes again. So I like this petty bullshit that, we're, that we got going on here. May, we may have sparked a new rivalry uh, within the Yankees and the Blue Jays, and that is, uh, again, we're only in the beginning of the season. We're going to see many more matchups between Yankees these teams. Uh, the Yankees fans don't like Vlad. No. They don't like a lot he of them. Pimp- he, he they don't like a lot too. of motherfuckers. Hey, I, mean, <laughs> I like it, though. Vladdy pimps in New York. Hell Boba yeah. Shet pimps in New York. Hell you got yeah. Chapman over there, too. I haven't really seen that much of him in, in – you know, snapping in Yankee Stadium, yeah. but to have Judge doing his thing here again, he missed some time, and I mean, he don't he, seem like it. He's now got five home that's what runs. I'm saying. It don't and, seem like and, it. And since since Saturday, he's got five home <laughs> runs. So that's fucking insane. Um, he's back in the home run race. All right, now to the Phillies. Some more fiery things that happened this weekend. The Phillies were in Colorado, and Bryce Harper did not like what Jake Bird did towards reliever for the Colorado Rockies. Jake yeah, Bird. I mean, to, towards the dugout. Shit was so corny. Clapping his glove, yelling at the dugout. That Even Rob Thompson so corny, said, you don't bro. do that shit. That shit was so corny. And, like, that's why I fucking love Bryce Harper. Don't let me get too side tangent. Fine. But there was a motherfucker. Oh, my God. In a game seven, putting up 50 in y'all grill, and my star player hugged him after the game. <laughs> what the fuck type of shit is that? No, 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 no. I want Bryce Harper. If you clapping at Bryce Harper, talking shit to his dugout, I want Yo, we got to fight, homie. That's my star. That's my guy who had a go-ahead home run in the NLCS to put us in the fucking World Series. That's my fucking star. I don't play none of that bullshit. Y'all not about to give me this yelling shit to me. Y'all not about to yell at my teammates, put up no hand signals. I'm coming right for you. And you saw who was behind him. JT was right behind him. Even Taiwan Walker was Stott ran off him. the bases Stott for him. was off the bases for him. And, and Bryce didn't care. Bryce would have took them all by himself. And all I thought about in that moment was, that is my fucking star. That's and then, my superstar. wasn't it the next day? The next day, it was Sunday, during the day game. He's like, there was another, something else that happened at the plate. And some of the Rockies guys came out of the dugout. And then Bryce is like, you guys are yeah, all fucking losers. Yeah, Poverty franchise yeah, or something like that. And I saw this stuff all over like Philadelphia yeah, Phillies Twitter. And they're like, Bryce really has like, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's really uh, like inherited this like Philadelphia Hell yeah. nature. Because I think I think watching them right when you watch them in Washington, I think a lot of people had like, oh, this guy is a pussy, this that, because of his fiery little attitude, and it seemed kind of bratty. But when he comes to a city like Philadelphia, where it literally gets stoked and embraced, it's like, nah, 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 nah. This motherfucker is low key one of us. No disrespect. We ain't taking none of that bullshit. I love Bryce Harper, man, and I love how my Phillies is moving. The one thing I don't love about my Phillies right now. I said about a month ago, my man Bailey Falter was hooping. They sent his ass down to AAA. Yeah. 0-7, 6.82 ERA. <laughs> Had the best whip on the team about a month ago. That's far, far from the case right now. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to maybe, maybe we can get Bailey Falter back on track going down to AAA. Because <laughs> that's, that's my dog. Only thing about The thing about Bailey Falter is all I'll say about him. Uh, his last start, he came in a, in relief because they were trying to see something got rocked again. He just – like some some pitchers, they'll walk guys and it'll be a little demoralizing. He just gets barreled all night, just barreled back and back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, demoralizing to watch. I don't know how you go 0-7. I thought he was pitching fairly well for a little bit until like the last three, four, five starts. But 
We'll see you later, Bailey. I yeah, still, I still love you, honestly. Baby. I we'll still s- love you. We'll, we'll see you a little bit later. Yeah, um, got Ranger back. Taiwan's gonna get, get a little bit. Having Ranger back is definitely good for this team. Hell yeah. Um, we gotta get down there and do a video. Hell yeah. Um, we need Alvarado off the fucking IL too. That's making me nervous. Yep. His elbow and shit. That's making me nervous. I think he's alright though. All right. Uh, into the NHL stuff real quickly here. Like I said at the beginning. Oh man, Austin Matthews and the Maple Leafs are done their season, but surprisingly enough. Matthews wants to come back, which is uh, surprising to me because I did say, I think it was two weeks ago, I said if they lose in the next series, it's not if they make the conference final. If they made the conference final, fine. But if they lose in the next series, which they did, Matthews is done. And he's, he's, he's leaving this team because he wants to go in. That is actually not the case. He's got, he signed a five-year contract, again, from the score.com in February of 2019. So that's up next year, obviously. Uh, and he wants to come back. So I hmm. think, uh, you know, for, for Leafs fans, it's a big market. Um, you know, Toronto is our big hockey town, I'd say, in in, uh, in Canada. So uh, I guess nice to see Matthews coming back. Is I'm just a little shocked. Get, is he about to get a bigger bag than McKinnon got? Yeah, because McKinnon had that eight-year deal. Yeah. Uh, I, I think so. Um, so he's now, again, he's like 25. Eight, you think like 8, 13, 8, 14? I don't know if they'll go as high as eight. I could see six to seven because he's twenty five. You know, you're gonna sign him till he's thirty four. I don't know. Um, that'd be a nine. How old is McKinnon? Um, McKinnon is. I think he's twenty six or twenty seven. Maybe I'm not positive about that. These contracts are fucked. Hold like that's like that's literally the best contract in hockey, but it's a fucked contract. Yeah. Like that's fucking crazy. Like you mean, <laughs> like that's fucking crazy. Panarin was making eleven this year. Oh, he made eleven, and right? That was his second highest. Paid. Uh, how many years was he signed for? Uh, this is back in twenty eighteen. He's got still more. He's still got two more years in this contract, and they're trying to talk oh about. Oh my gosh, so he's signed for like what six years? Yeah. Jesus. So, big big deals here. Uh, like but yeah, two million for, year. for uh for the Leafs, this is good for Leafs fans. Obviously, didn't want to let him go, but at the same time, I guess Matthews is focused on money more than winning because I don't see this team winning. Um Nylander is about to be on his way out there. So um uh, I don't know. I don't know. Is Nylander going to Colorado? I started seeing some of those rumors. This team's got to get it together in terms of what roster moves they want to make to become a contender because we remember from game one against the Lightning in the first round of the playoffs, they got absolutely stomped on and we thought this was the end and somehow they came back and won that series. So for Toronto, gotta be smarter in what moves we want to make because Austin Matthews is probably going to be here. He wants to resign, so you're going to sign him for the rest of his career. He's going to be here for the rest of his career, so you better make some moves to actually put yourselves in contention to actually win. Um, let's go over to Game 7. I want to talk about this for a second real quick before we get into this Wyatt Johnson goal. Um, Bookie with Trent, they reside in Dallas. And he said that he's gone to Dallas games this year and in the playoffs, and he's lost. Kraken have just taken his coin. And he's taking Dallas, and he's, they're in Dallas, and he's taking Dallas. And he's like, he makes a video. He's saying, you know, every time I go, I pick Dallas, and they lose. Uh, and and Kraken's been stealing all my coin. I'm going tonight. Seeky got me the tickets. I'm going tonight. Ride the Kraken with me because you don't want to be some of those bozos that after this game, you know, uh, Dallas, Kraken. Kraken's going to take your money. So he's the only one in a Kraken hoodie in that fucking stadium. Game seven. One of the only people in Kraken gear. And lose two nothing in game seven, and I'm like, this is just like, I don't know how you do this. I mean, this is just the book it with Trent Curse. I he just continues to do it. 
But we'll go over this um, Wyatt Johnston goal to make it 2 nothing late in the game. Ew. That was just nasty. There's some comments on this tweet Ew. from Sportsnet saying probably the most bang average goal I've ever seen. No defense to be seen, any- seen anywhere. Who First cares? Of all, in a game They're seven. to pull from that angle in a game. I don't even and a backhand, know. Bro. I don't even know hockey. I just know. I know this motherfucker did 18 million different things. And he decided to go scoop, scoop, backhand, bro, went to the top corner like, Wyatt literally, like, he went no. short side above his like, left shoulder no. in the smallest spot of that no. goal he could have found. Game seven, too. Like, Game I seven. I don't know who that is, but that just put me on him. That just put me on him. And that's why I like to play off hockey shit, because every year is a couple of players. I'm like, okay, we got like a, that. We got a hell of a series with them, too, Dallas and Vegas. And uh, Langan. The one, ball, the one ball from Vegas is tough, too, the one that had the Hattie. Yeah, bro. I can't say his last name. Bro, you know what I'm talking about that. Yeah, master something, whatever. Yeah. He's cold. He's cold. He's uh, cold. I it's like going to be too. a hell of a series. I never would have thought Dallas would have went here. I, I was, I mean, I've, I have, it actually hit off his mask too. I'm watching it again. Um, I have like no problem in saying this, but I was sleeping on Dallas the entire playoffs. Mm. I just like I was sleeping on, um, I was sleeping on Toronto, um, Florida. I was. I, saw, I don't even say we were sleeping. I picked on him against Boston, but I did. I picked him to lose the next series. Um. Again, I didn't think Toronto. I thought it was going to be the Lightning there. So I thought the Lightning wouldn't take care of him. Yeah. But anyway, um, going to be a fun series in Vegas, Vegas and Dallas. Um, and then obviously we have Carolina and Panthers. I think, sorry for Panthers, but I think this is where the road ends. Uh, I do think the Carolina Hurricanes are going to move on. Um, I'm not going to give a cup winner at this point just because I want to see a little bit, little bit more of how Dallas and Vegas compete against each other. Right now... It's, it'd be hard not to pick Dallas in this series, but I think uh, Vegas is a little bit quicker. I think Vegas will get this done. I think this is a seven-game series, though, just like this one is. Now, again, let's keep in mind, when the Rangers played back-to-back seven-game series, they were dead. They were dead. Mm-hmm. So if this game, Dallas has to watch out and be careful. They do not need another seven-game series before going to the Stanley Cup. Um, okay, moving on here. Leon Dreitzeidel. Everybody wants to yell at me on fucking TikTok for saying that Bruins' season was a failure after going up 3-1 in the fucking first round of the playoffs and then losing after setting the record for 135 that's, points that's in a, a season. Failure. Okay, That's a, that's a fucking failure. failure. We have Dreitsidel, who... Dreitsidel and McDavid led the led the league 1-2 and two in points all season long. And what does he say? Sportsnet tweeting this it, in his press conference after the 5-2 loss, sending the Oilers home. It feels like a failure or a wasted year almost. It hurts. I mean... I don't know if I'm necessarily in agreement with that. I know you have guys that were one and two in points. I'm about to say, are you sure how many fucking points did McDavid have, and then how well was Leon Dreisaitl playing in the playoffs? Unbelievable! Like holy fuck! I mean, Dreisaitl. That's the only team besides the Rangers. That's the team I watched the playoffs because they're just such fun. Holy shit! That boy is cold. I just think um, Vegas. I think Vegas surprised more people than not. Hell yeah! Uh, I also didn't. Also, bro. I mean, listen, bro. I, li- I know shit fuck all about hockey. But, I mean, I'm watching y'all series. I'm watching two of y'all series. All your goals come from power plays. Yeah. We can't win like that. Right. Like, I, I think I might have seen them score, like, two, three goals off the full strength. And it was McDavid or Dreisaitl being stu- like, stupid. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, like damn, we got bulls that can pull Hatties out the ass all full strength. I'm pretty sure it was, what was it, the, uh, the natural hat trick, whatever the fuck it is. So what does that mean? Like, unassisted or some shit like that? Like, it's when a player scores three consecutive goals in a single game yeah. without any other player scoring in between. Yeah. So it's like, like let's say they go up three nothing, yeah. one nothing, two nothing, three nothing, all from one player, yeah. um, and it's 
I heard that's craziest like, things to. That's what I was like, okay. It's honestly like overlooked as one of the craziest things to happen in sports. You think Hell about yeah. any other, like, I mean, the other Bro, team if scored. Bro, if, if Howling if scored a nat, uh, natural hat trick in the UCL semifinals like, versus Real Madrid, it's going to get talked about a lot. Right. A I lot. mean, it's, 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 out, it's without anyone else scoring in between. Exactly. So, nah, that's huge. other team, yeah, everybody exactly. on your team, you know what I mean? Like, like it's just you, you need right a now. lot of shit to happen for, it, in order for that right to now. go. Um, again, we touched on the Easter Conference final. The Hurricanes are, you know, they won the division in the Metro, so they'll have who, home ice. Who is their, uh, who's the guy on the Hurricanes? Like, who am I watching? I'd watch Sebastian Ajo. Um, You know, there's, they've missed, this season, they've missed uh, Shmeshnikov. He that was name, out. I remember that name from last And year. this is why I wanted the Rangers to play them, just because he was out and they're a little bit mm-hmm. banged up. They've continued to prove me wrong. Um you gotta watch on the Panthers though. It's it's Matthew Kachuk. Yeah, I mean this dude's insane. Um, and we've just seen as we've gone on in these playoffs, like at, game by game, these guys have been proving everybody wrong. Um, Hurricanes are they just they just look better. They look better. Um, and then for the Panthers' sake as well, I mean, I don't know how. You're looking at... I mean, I'm talking about the Hurricanes again. Uh, Devils never stood a chance against this team. <laughs> never. Never. Uh, I really would have liked to see the Rangers go against them just because it would have been nice to see if they could have got it done. But Got to play offense. Panthers look good. Panthers look really good. I don't think they're enough for the Hurricanes, though. Um, if they do prove me wrong here, then, like, just give the Panthers a cup. Like, so lit. This would be an unreal so underdog fucking story. Yeah, yeah. So if they get through the Hurricanes here... I mean, that's the team that I'm going to root for in the final. One question I had about Josh that I didn't ask. Is it true he don't play no defense? Because when I, when I was looking at that quote, everyone was like, you should play defense. Minus yeah, four in the game. A lot of those guys. You don't play no defense. Motherfucker, if I'm taking over like this, if me and Connor are taking over like this, why the fuck we need to play defense? We should need, The rest of y'all motherfuckers, do something. A lot of those guys are, like, even some of the best players. They don't really do a lot on defense are they there mm-hmm. in position yes but are they there like actively getting i mean my Hell my example no. to it on on the team that i follow is artemi panarin if he if it, the if the puck is not on the guy that he's supposed to be like face guarding he's, he's sitting on like the left side of the boards right at the top of the blue line waiting for an outlet pass to go up yeah. and he's not really there doing much and that's like ovechkin does it a lot he still hits hard and he's old but He's a he does a lot of this whole cherry picking type stuff. A lot of these these big players do it too. McDavid not so much because he has so much f- like speed and athleticism and stick skills that he'll take it coast to coast coast and score like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. So there's just some differences. But again, in playoff hockey, you'll see a little bit more of people, especially this late in the season. You'll see a lot more of um, I guess defense being played, more pressurized on the guys that have the puck. Um, and again, it's playoff hockey, so you'll be excited. Were these the te- the the four teams that I really wanted to see in the conference finals? No way. But and 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 not not even say with my team. Like I guess the Hurricanes are fine, but the Panthers. I mean, a lot of people thought it was going to be the Hurricanes in Boston. So, but all right, uh, done with hockey. Moving to Ja Morant. Uh, Grizzlies are suspending Ja Morant from all team activities because a video was shown again. Of Ja holding up a gun. I mean, good lord. Now, you could see in this video on this Instagram live, it wasn't his. You can see that his friend turns the camera over to Ja, and then he holds up the gun. 
And then the friend immediately snaps it, like the video back to him and like is like it's on like the top of this guy's forehead. And he's like, you can see he's Homie did all he could do. Like you could see he like the friend or whoever that is is News, realizing uh, yeah. fuck. Here we go again. Yep. And what happened? Again, Ja came out and, and had a whole quote saying that, you know, he recognizes he's not where he needs to be. There's still a lot more work to be done. But even still, I mean, this is a bad look. This is a 23-year-old superstar phenom of a player. And we are losing a lot of fucking money by doing this. We remember the first time that happened. Powerade was was stopping the commercials for an extended period of time. Nike was stopping the sales of the shoes for an extended period of time. What's going to happen now? How much money is he going to lose from brands? Or is he going to get suspended game checks? Some people, I saw Stephen A. Smith said on first take Monday morning that he got NBA players and executives texting him saying like he should be suspended for the year. Yeah, I was like, all right, all right, That's all right, a fucking lie. All right, all right, all right. And again, the, the, the question that I've seen as well throughout social media is like, is this more on Ja or is it more on the friend that put the camera on him? Because again, I, was no, it? Some, I think it was some rapper that said it. There is no accountability is, in 2023. I mean. There is no accountability in 2023. When I saw people questioning the homies, you can question the homies. Here's my thing. Attention's a hell of a drug, man. Once you get it, you need more. You out the headlines for a little bit, you need more attention. Like, on the homies, yes. Should being next to John Morant in his car, me being his best friend, should that be enough for me not to hop on live and show his private business? 100%. Like, I don't even condone that with the homies that aren't even famous. Like we don't need to be on live. We go, we ride, we ride the fleet live on Saturday. We don't need to be on live. Like yo, look at us. Like yeah, yeah facts, like facts, facts. what the fuck? Like so, I do get it. But at the end of the day, it's on Ja Morant. How the fuck? You clearly see your homie on live. You dancing around with the young boy. Shit. I'm all cool with that. Let's let's vibe. That's what I be doing. But you look back twice, and you have to reach in your pants to grab the strap. Right. That's true. And put it to your dome. No matter what your homies was doing, if they was recording you like a monkey before that, you had time to think about what was going on, what I'm about to grab, and what this could do. You know what I'm saying? So, any like, should the homies be doing that? No, 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 no. But the accountability in me is fully on John Morant. Like, it was the most just puzzling shit. I can't. Only thing I can really point it to is that you you get in that limelight and that attention. And if you don't really, I can't say he doesn't know himself. I see a lot of people saying that. It doesn't seem like he knows himself. It doesn't seem like it at all. Um, it's sad to see. So I, I, I've, in basketball, you see a lot of kids like that. I mean, that aren't from the most rough areas possibly. Maybe because of where they played and who they played with, got introduced to a couple different things. But was that really where you came from? I mean, I can't speak on Ja. I don't know if that's his situation, but I have seen a couple people that I know through basketball go through some shit like that, and it is not, it is an identity crisis. Like I've lost a few friends because of that. So I hope that's not what Ja's going through because it's genuinely sad. Um, and I, I, I just would, just, I mean, you know me, I'm big on being yourself. Like just who you, who the fuck you are. I'm like this around anybody. Like it, I just think that's gonna carry him farther than anything. One thing I don't like though is they gonna try to make an example of that boy, like bad. Like, you saw Stephen A talking about, and that, that wasn't Stephen A trying to make an example. That was Stephen A literally reading text, like, right. trying to say he should be suspended for the year. 
uh, Michael Wilbon's on fucking the show talking about. I saw your tweet. My kids, I told my kids we don't buy those shoes in this house. Okay, but your kid probably listen to fucking NBA YoungBoy and Kodak Black and all that. So what, do you tell them to stop listening to Yeet? Do you tell them to listen to YoungBoy? No, they gonna try to make an example of that boy bad and deserved. Sure, I mean you're in the public light. You know what I mean? There's people coming out talking about gun laws and this and that. There's no the Second Amendment and gun laws go out the window when you're one of 430. You know what I'm saying? People in the military can't move how we move, and they're like one of a million, probably more. If you're one of 430 on a private contract, there's some things you can't do, homie. There's just some things you right. can't do. Right, that's 100% right. I mean, the accountability thing is, I think, the biggest part of it. And, I mean, to see a kid that's literally like, you know, obviously we're now 24, but basically our fucking our age. age. Yeah. And we have all this kind I of money. Turns 24 this year. All this kind of money. All this, like this personality that you have, obviously the athlete that you are, the attention that you get, and it's like we're just we're trying harder to throw that away and to be a better basketball player, and that's the thing that just doesn't that I that I, I will like, never even understand. The shit I was saying about what it could be with him, bro. I try to walk very light with that because we really don't know. We don't know. Like I've seen a lot of people throwing out like like this kind of shit that I just said, like times ten. You feel what I'm saying? Like, we really. Homie could just be tripping out, man. Like you never know what kind of. And I don't. I, I remember they asked him. I don't think there's no alcohol involved. No. I don't I think, think it's. Just... I don't think it's no drugs involved. Like there's just sometimes. I mean, you hear about it, a lot of people through that age too. Like even with the homies, you probably peeped around that 20, 22, 23 age. There was. A, I had a lot of homies that went through shit on their own. Right. And it was just regular life shit. So I just hope he's okay. That shit's sad to watch. And it's sad to see people try to fucking chastise and make a fucking gigantic example of them, as they should. But let's just make sure, we're, let's remember we're dealing with humans here, man. 100%. Oh, my kid's never buying his shoe. Shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, I, I, I hope Shut that um, after, you know, two months ago, we're here in this position again. That hope, was really the bad part, too. I'm happy you said that. Yeah, because it was two months Damn, from dog, the first like, time, and then now we're doing it again. So I just hope Damn. that, you know, he did say he recognizes... Like this is still not fixed, and the, the the other part of that quote was like, still obviously have more work to do. Um, clearly, I know a lot of these analysts. We just these, having a little too much. That's why we just having a little like, too much fun. Skip and Shannon were saying, you know, especially Shannon was like, I knew this wasn't, I knew this is he wasn't gonna be done mm-hmm. with this shit in two months. Stephen A. and Kendrick Perkins were saying, knew he wasn't gonna be done with this shit in two months, and so hopefully now we can actually realize. And I don't know what else is going to happen. You don't got to be done with the shit, though. You literally right. don't. Just don't show it. Don't show it. And the other thing is, like, I don't know. James like, Harden ain't stopped going to the casino between game four and game five. Right. Just wasn't advertised. Like, Doc Rivers said, hey, you can go to Vegas on a day off. Did he fucking tell the media right after it happened? Fuck no. Um, There's just a way you Because they things. won game one. So now you're allowed to say it. There's a way you do things. And the other thing, too, is, like, I don't know how much more money he's going to have to lose Suspended play, he's going to have to see for him to understand the losses that he's taking. And I think at some point, maybe to this little somebody, extent that he, he does. Take, I saw a good take. Someone said when, it, when that 200 mil was coming closer, he just you could tell he felt untouchable. Yeah. And more, honestly, you could probably... He he could literally be A-OK. Like, he could... No mental problems, anything like... He could be literally it fine. literally could just be the fact he that could, The 200 million is coming, he just feels untouchable. It could literally be that. That's what I'm saying. Just be careful. I also think it's like kid. I don't think he has like problems mentally at all. Oh, Draymond's called him one of the smartest players in the NBA. I don't think it has nothing to do with his intelligence of no. a human being. I literally just think if if he was, let's say he was doing this every day, you know, just driving around with the strap, that's totally fine. 
it's because it's documented mm-hmm. and the limelight and, it, and, the, and it's like everyone's it's, seeing it. And it's not like because I talk about like James Harden John when people were like, "What is he doing with his friend outside?" It was it was nothing. But even in that instance, it's someone else taking a video. Like, why is it when you're t- why is it you're taking a picture of yourself with a gun? Why is it your homies on live and right. you're pulling a shot? Like, it's just like. We are telling on ourselves, homie. Now the one with with the with the picture of it on the first time. The first time was was that was okay. We can then say that was stupid. Yeah, it's very. Dumb. I mean, that was your own. Yeah, was you're holding dumb. the phone at your own Instagram live, and you're dangling it like not even like like it was almost like like the claw machine. Like he literally was just like with like almost three fingers, just like hey, look at my little toy. Like that was dumb. This time it's like okay, we we moved past the stupidity on that one. This one. The recording aspect wasn't your fault, but awareness. to know that it was awareness exactly, to Bob know that Huggins. it was there, to know that it was there. Bob Huggins. I mean, come on, Bob Huggins again. I saw. He's not who is that? Co- somebody commented below on yeah, that Bob Huggins right. shit. Basically, what I was saying. And was like, he's a goat, bro. He's not going anywhere. He's the god in West Virginia. I'll never understand that. I'll never understand he's a god. it. God. Let's keep it with the NBA. Um, Warrior. This is on ESPN. Warriors never rebuilt trust after the Draymond Green and Jordan Poole incident mm. is what Steve Kerr says. It was insane hearing that from Steve Kerr. Because when the when the Warriors are struggling this year, a lot of people on Twitter are saying that. Like, right. mean, Poole, Poole and Draymond don't fuck with each other. Remember I told you about that clip where he pushed his hands off, of Dr- pushed Draymond's hands off of him. And then people are like, they don't fuck with each other, they don't fuck with each other. In my head, I'm like, oh, lying. They punt- he had that little incident, and they probably talked about it. It's Draymond, he's a leader. But hearing Steve Kerr come up about that shit, Saying they never recovered from that is fucking cr- crazy. I don't think that can can be fixed. If you can't fix that within an 82 game season, what's the offseason gonna do? Bro. You know what I'm saying? And I've seen a lot of people on Warriors Twitter, a lot of Warriors fans that I talk to on the day to day. They cool with Jordan Poole. They want him gone. Like he was getting, like I said, straight cardio for a couple series. They good with Jordan Poole being gone. You see what Jordan Poole said as well? What'd you say? Like, um, they asked him again, you know, about the Draymond stuff, and he's like, it's just business. You know, we're all competing. I'm like, yeah, but it was also a large factor in your team chemistry, especially leading into the playoffs. Let's remember, that was like right right around when the playoffs were about to get underway. Mm-hmm. And we said it here. You can't be doing this shit. And we were you go bear, same thing. We can't be doing this shit leading into the fucking playoffs because mm-hmm. then things are going to go wrong. And for Steve Kerr to say that, that's also just, I mean, I think that's, this is tough to say, but I think that's not a lot of head coaches, I, I, in my personal opinion, would feel comfortable saying that. Nah, I think it, I think it, I think the vulnerability that we're seeing here is really good for the change I don't, that we I might mean, I don't really like him saying that, to be honest. I don't at all. I don't. I think something like that should be kept on the wraps forever until the documentary, I still think, does that, until the documentary comes out. Does it out. not light a fire under some of these players? Like, yeah. I mean, maybe some of those guys on that bench were saying, and we were thinking the same thing. Nah, I mean, no, those guys are all thinking the same thing. I just don't like like the public knowing how much it. Like, ah, we some things we keep under wraps. I just hope I'm surprised that they could really never bounce back, and it makes me like, I don't know if I'm questioning someone's maturity. You did get punched on by a big man, right? And that shit did hurt, and he did he did kind of sneak you. What well, happened like twice, bro? But like, I mean, dude, I think some things we have to. I guess you just can't. I guess I, he probably, you know what, and who am I to say? Because Jordan Poole probably tried really hard. He probably talked to Steph, Clay, probably tried really hard to put that shit aside. But I guess some things you just can't. I hope that they don't use that as like a, you know, Steve Kerr was making that as an excuse as to why they lost. That's what I'm that's saying. Because that's not it's the not fucking, and that's not at all. 
Like he's just stating, being vulnerable and stating some things that maybe needed to be said, maybe mm-hmm. not, maybe did. Um, I do want to finally, you know, say goodbye to the New York Knicks here. Um, what a series! Should have won this series. I think, it, like we talk about accountability with John Morant, guys need to be held accountable. Um, R.J. Barrett had a hell of a series, but when it mattered the most, we have one point in the final half of your season. You had 10 points at halftime in game six, and you're in the game, first of all. It's not like you're fucking down 20 like game three. You're in the game, and actually they were down like 25 at half in game three. You're in the game, and you have 10 points at half, and then we end with 11. We cannot have one point in the second half. I mean, we we, we saw when you and Brunson snapped in – in game five to keep the, the season alive. You had 22, 24. I mean, when this team, when these players, the role players and the guys that have to perform, perform, this team's fine. But when you have Randall, I mean, we're not playing well. And you have Barrett that's not playing well. Let's also remember, your your guy off the off the bench, Emmanuel Quickly, he was out with a sprained ankle. So Huge loss. other guys needed to step up. And especially when, when, you, when you needed the guys the most, they weren't there. The only fucking guy that was there every game, every minute, every second of this series was Jalen Brunson. And and you can you can argue that that Quentin Grimes was that guy down the stretch as well, playing all those minutes in game five. Um, you know, playing literally the entire game with Jalen Brunson. But he needed to because there was no quickly. And other guys needed some rest. Fine. Fine by me. Here's where I and the last play I want to touch on here. I actually was at the casino for it, and I had we were at the sports book section. I actually had walked away when there was like a minute and a half. I'm like, I can't fucking see this. I don't want to watch him lose. I just, my brother's like, oh, you got to watch them lose. Like, you got to watch the season. I'm like, I I really just don't want to watch it. Not because I don't like them or anything. Just I just don't want to see it. It's going to make me all pissed off and sad. I don't want to watch it. So we go to the bar in the middle section, and there's a big projector screen. There's another TV. Wait a minute. They're like back in this game. It's now a two-point game. They have the ball. They get a rebound. Where it's time to tie the game. They tie the game or they get the three and there's like 15, 14 seconds to go and then you just make a stop and game's over. We're going to game seven. Jalen Brunson has the ball. Two guys are on him. He's on like the right side drive, driving towards the baseline. He gets kind of stopped up a little bit. Right before he he starts driving towards the baseline to go under the hoop and maybe make a pass, he does a little fake. He turns to his right and he tries to look off at a wide open Josh Hart at the top of the key. There's like less than 20 seconds to go in this game. And he fakes off. He uses a fake to Josh Hart. That's your college teammate. Why the fuck? Why the fuck aren't we throwing him the ball to give him a shot? You don't trust your college teammate? I'd rather lose that way on a missed shot. I'd rather lose that way on an attempt, at least, than how you lost where you gave a pass into three guys full of traffic, Bam Adebayo's hand is just staring at this ball. Julius Randle was never going to get that pass. Never. And I'm not, like, Brunson, you had a great you had a great playoffs, great postseason, especially insane in this series. You showed why. You proved the haters. And this contract was you. But in this moment, I don't know why we don't go for a wide-open look. It's not like it was a forced pass or anything like you did in the baseline to Julius Randle. He was wide open. Give him the shot. All I'm going to say is, is to great season for them. Uh, didn't think they were going to get this far. Should have really won this series and gone to the conference final. What I will say is you got to trust your guy in this in this option here. And uh, I'd rather lose on a shot attempt than, than no shot attempt. That's it. They're going to be saying that no matter. I mean, I remember LeBron made the perfect pass to Danny Green in the finals. And they said, LeBron, this is why I don't have the killer instinct because you passed to Danny Green wide open at the top of the key. But he's got two guys on him. Jalen Brunson's not making the at shot. At the end of the day, how I, 
how I'm coming down to it these days, man. If my star wants to make a play, my star wants to make a play. I understand. I'm trying to find Julius. Dude, you should make the pass, whatever. But people are gonna hate whatever you do. People, he take the shot, they are gonna hate it. He passes Josh. Why the fuck you passes Josh Hart? It's Jalen Brunson. You had all these points. I think the Knicks have a bright future, though. I, I think a lot of people I saw on Twitter, probably because I don't watch the Knicks for 82 games, and I'm not as invested as y'all in money in, money out, whatever. But I mean, when three of your three of your best players aren't even entering their prime yet, you got one that's probably just about to walk into his prime, and two that are following suit right behind him, and another guy that's about to, that should have won six man of the year in my opinion that's Gosh. following suit behind him. I think the future is super bright. Um, Mitchell Robinson, New York loves that guy. That's crazy. I mean, just a huge piece. I I think the Knicks are gonna be fine. I think you guys should have won that series 100%, yeah. but I think a lot of people are stressed out, get this guy out, get this guy out. Nah, I think you bring the whole gang I think you bring the whole gang back. I think back. so, too. Everybody's trying to call I for Randall's head right now. I think you bring the whole right gang now. back. I think you bring the whole – I think you give Julius one more year. Everybody's calling I think if Julius head. is on bullshit next year, I think he's got to go. But I, I, he's, it's, it was frustrating to see his body language. Yeah, and the body language, some of the stuff we're saying in the press conference. Frustrating. Uh, they I mean, wanted it more Like just Jaylen, openly admitting that I hated that Jalen Brunson was there for literally a fuck He's been there for a year now And he has more leadership skills than you've had Julius yeah, I mean, So yeah. I'm not saying that They need to do this whole fucking blow up bullshit Because Like you said they're a young team Barrett's young Quickly's young um, Grimes is young Mitchell's young Isaiah Hartenstein really you know, developed in these playoffs. And that's a, he's that's fucking annoying, but he's a huge piece. Annoying. I mean, let's just talk about the offensive rebounding from this team, and, and especially in game five. Those two guys can really rebound the basketball. Um, not really there to get points, but they're there to be the traditional big man. They're not an Embiid. They're not a Jokic. They're not an AD. They're there to do, fit the role in, in what the description of a big man is. Uh, not not what, you know, what this day and age calls, where Jokic and Embiid need to start bringing the ball up. Okay. Yeah. We'll get to that. Uh, speaking of the 76ers, 76ers fans may be finally pleased with this move from the front office. Doc Rivers is gone after three seasons, not being able to reach that conference final mark. And what Sixers fans called for in the middle of the season, what they called for at possibly the end of the regular season, and what they were calling for if they didn't make it to the conference finals or this be a chip run, Doc's gone. Well... And you got your wish. Doc's out. It's crazy because I think he should have got fired. Like, you got to get change has to happen. You know what I mean? Don't make the count. You get three, three Eastern Conference semifinals. You can't get over the hump. Change has to. Any coach is getting fired in this in this situation, no matter how good you coach this team. Um, it's crazy because I actually think he coached a pretty decent series versus the Celtics for the most part. Some of the micro adjustments he was making, some of the things he did, I think he coached a decent series. But ain't no – I saw people saying he got scapegoated this. Listen, homie, you had three chances. And it sucks that maybe the one chance that you performed the best on was your last chance. You know what I'm saying? But it was your last chance, and that's life. Had to be over the hump. Had to win that game six. Um, I mean, shout out to Doc Rivers for what he's done. I mean, he's me and Glenn have had our differences, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, shout out Glenn Rivers. We had some fun years together. Um, I do hope. I've seen a lot of names coming, like people talking about Budenholzer. Shit like that. There's only two. Monty Williams. There's only two names I think that matters when it comes to the Sixers head coaching job, and it's Nick Nurse and Monty Williams. If it ain't them two, and people are starting saying JJ Reddick's like a favorite to be the Sixers head coach. I saw in one random sports book he was three to one to be our head coach. I don't know if you saw that. Fucking insanity. But if it ain't Dan Tony, not Dan Tony. If it ain't Nick Nurse and it ain't Monty Williams, I'm cool on it. I I don't want no Dan Tony. I don't want no Budenholzer. I'm I'd be cool. really happy to see, and I said this before we went live, I'd be really happy to see Monty Williams. Be perfect. Nurse would also be huge. 
Nurse would be really good, I think. Nurse um, would be extremely good, I think. I think uh, I th- I don't know what it is. I I, I think the Sixers would be. I think scary I mean, talk about talk about, scape, talk about scapegoats. That motherfucker got scapegoated down Phoenix. Yeah, Monty. but I mean, it, it was also another situation where I mean, listen, the hump didn't get over. I got to eventually move on. I have a serious problem with that African motherfucker, though. <laughs> a serious problem, like a serious problem. Um, first of all, MVP of the league. Where was he? We might have got. Now you did have four straight thirty point performances, right. and you did have a fucked up LCL. But we did, in my opinion, Game Five was the one MVP performance we got from you. The thirty four, you had about four blocks. The most efficient he shot because he didn't shoot efficient at all this series. I'm pretty sure he was a it was a negative in the plus minus for most of these games. I mean, just a disappointing performance from your MVP, and there's no defending that, like zero defending that. How about James Harden? Thinking about James we Harden. saw his one game nah, in what nah, was that? That was, nah, nah, was that nah. game James Harden. That was see, game five too. James Harden. No, nah, James Harden had two amazing games. Without James Harden, we was home in five. Yeah, I mean, forty five game one, and then game five we had the game winner, obviously in the thirty ball. Both our stars dwindled in the biggest moments. Because I've seen people trying to give James Harden a pass. Because oh yeah, like I, I'm not, I'm giving James Harden a biased pass. I'm not like on his head as much as I am on it Embiid, but he fucking folded in the last two games just as much as Embiid did. Folded like dick. Harden, horrible. He can't have that stat line in a game seven. No. As no. Is, I mean, no, I mean, and that, and that, and we I were in the game. No, I don't put that all on hard. It's fifty five. There's so many things that's wrong with this team. There's so many things that's wrong with this team, bro. This offense is horrible. I already talked about the offense being horrible. First of all, second of all, it's pretty obvious that James Harden came here and they took his ball sack and went like this and neutered him. This season was for Joel Embiid. This offense would be ran through Joel Embiid. Yada yada. Now we saw the game in game one without Embiid. James he Harden snapped. I'm not saying that would have been him the entire year. It wouldn't have been anywhere near close. He might have had maybe one or maybe one or two more 40 more point games. If they hadn't played that the whole year, maybe. But I think just the rhythm of this team, the rhythm of the offense, would flow so much better if we let James Harden rock out just a little bit more. You see it in games. If he isn't getting going early, it's over with. If he's not getting foul calls early, it's over with. Why? Because if he doesn't catch fire early, Joel Embiid dump off. Joel Embiid dump off. Joel Embiid dump off. Second of all, Jesus fucking Christ, man. We need, like, and P.J. Tucker was, P.J. Tucker ended up knocking down shots. That was crazy. Ended up knocking down shots. But we just don't have the length, to, like, paired up with the three-point shooting to have the proper spacing and the proper defense for some of these teams. Because you see what happened. Like, we got to play George and Yang. Why do you want to play George and Yang? Proper space and three-point shooting. <laughs> Put George and Yang on defense. Ain't the best. Even though he was sitting down in the stands for you, giving you effort, it's just not the best. Daniel House, there's length, there's shooting. Every, not the best. Just not the best. You know what I mean? I, there's a lot of things about this team that's constructed. I just have I just have questions with. But I, I honestly, my main problem is with Joel Embiid, dog. Are you sending Harden to Houston? I don't, my main problem is with Joel Embiid, dog. How in the fuck do you deliver one MVP performance in seven games? Hug and laugh with a motherfucker that dropped a 50 who ball. just dropped a 50 ball on you to go home. End up being the fourth or fifth guy, I think, to do a presser. I'm pretty sure when Maxi, Harden, it, PJ Tucker, Niang, and Doc Rivers, then Joel Embiid. Why is Niang talking? 
<laughs> then Joel Embiid. And then in the press conference, he has a couple quotes that are very, very questionable. And there's people on the internet trying to be like, well, when you add context, and it's funny, their context, what they would do is just put a reply of like the transcript of the fucking, of the, of the interview. If you read something without hearing, without the idiosyncrasies of body language and tonality, right. obviously it's going to help it sound better. My boy sent me the quote where he said that me and James can't do it alone. I said, he did not say that, did he? Went right to YouTube, watched the full interview, the full 20 minute interview. Me watching the video to me made that quote ten like the context made it worse for me. The context made it way worse for me because in that interview he just seemed so defeated. Yeah, he was. Not like, but it's the weird, it's the weird defeated. It's like you're, it's like the defeated, but you're just laughing about it. Like you're defeated, but it's like, yeah, I mean, what are you gonna do? You do? What can you do, man? We we, we can't do it that, by that ourselves. That that type of shit. It's like, huh? Well, even people are like, well, he said he had to be better, but it's like, I know I gotta be better. I'm gonna keep working toward it, but. He said. He said that's why. He said it's. It's that's why. It's, that's why we call it five on five basketball because me and James can't do it alone. That whole Damian Lillard quote tweeted that with and said, "Huh?" with a question mark. Lillard. That whole shit was questionable to me. The whole shit, and it, it comes to my conclusion. Talk to my boy about this, but Joel Embiid can't lead the ship. He can't lead the ship. When we were the closest we've ever been to winning the finals. Who was the leader of the ship? Wasn't the best player, but who was the leader of the ship? Who was the top dog on that team? Which one? Jimmy Butler. Oh, yeah, Jimmy Butler. Wasn't the leading scorer, wasn't that? But who was the top dog, who was the leader of the ship? Jimmy. I don't think Joel Embiid can lead the ship on a championship team. I just don't think he can. We've seen the last couple years. I mean, multiple, multiple, I mean, multiple 20-point comebacks put on his head in games where we got to close out. Multiple times he's faded away in big performances. And not saying that, you know what I mean? That maybe I don't want to say he's a bad leader. I don't want, but in this in the in this iteration of the NBA that we have right now, you gotta have you gotta have a little more than that in you, man. You can't. There's no. There's no, you gotta have a little more than that in you. I'm sorry. I, I don't think I don't think he can lead the ship. I need Damian Lillard. I need Damian Lillard here right now. I was just gonna ask that because a lot of people are saying that on social media. I need Damian here now. right now, or I need some kind of just alpha dog. That's going to be, this is my ship. This is my team. Well, we can give you a 30 ball the game. So I, I think Harden was could have been that, and PJ could have kind of added that, but it wasn't. It's, it's got to kind of be like a 1A kind of thing, 1A, 1B kind of thing. Because at, at times when Jimmy Butler was at, with the Sixers, like there's plenty of possessions where when he first got here, Jimmy's dribbling on the court from the wing and pulling up for game winners, and he's making them. But in my in the back of my mind, before he shooting those game winners, I'm like, yo, get the ball to fucking Embiid. Get the ball to Embiid. But I think to them, it was like a 1A, 1B type thing. And I think that kind of structure is way better for Embiid. I don't think he can be an alpha. I don't think he's your top dog on a championship team. I just don't think. Is Damian Lillard I mean, your, your, your guy like you're talking about with Jimmy in terms of that leader? 100%. Leader-esque uh, I mean, position? That would be the match made in heaven we get Damian Lillard. But... Closing thoughts on that fucking team. We're going to see how loyal a lot of these motherfuckers are, first of all. Because it's going to get hard. We're going to see how loyal a lot of Sixers fans are. Because I've seen a lot of Sixers fans talking about trade Embiid, do this and that. Yeah, I keep seeing that, we're too. We're going to see how loyal a lot of these motherfuckers are. Because we shouldn't want to get rid of Embiid. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Dude got an MVP. Shouldn't even want to get rid of Harden, for real. Dude just got an MVP. Everybody was, was before the series, like, oh, my God, MVP, MVP, MVP. And seven games later. Literally a week and a half Trading. later, we're like, get the fuck rid of him. I, my observation is this guy cannot be the leader of a championship team. And if you think he can, I'd love to have that argument with you. But I was wrong about Embiid. I think a lot of people are wrong about Embiid. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to be afraid to admit that they were wrong about him. But great player. 
I still think he's the second best center in the league. There's people trying to put AD over him now, and AD snapping. I still think he's the second best center in the league, and I'll, I'll die on that hill. Jokic is better. You're lying to yourself if you don't say he's not, but that guy's not a leader of a ship or of a championship team, man. And it, and it pains me to say it because I really wanted him to be. I really wanted him to be. It almost feels like we wasted 10 years of this goddamn process. I mean, process is officially dead now. Can we say that? Should have kept Sam Hankey. Should have kept Sam Hankey. I mean, should have held on to Brett Brown too long for Jimmy Butler's liking, which made him walk. Should have found any way to keep Jimmy Butler around. Even traded Markel Fultz. I mean, there's just so many things that I could fucking point back to to this last nine years of the process. And I just see my fucking leader at half court smiling and hugging the motherfucker that sent him home for a 50-piece. That said, what's the way to do it? Is it this way Jesus, or is it this way? Like, Jesus Christ, bro. Like, I, I just can't. I, Joel, I'm going to see you next year, dog. <laughs> I'm going to see you next year, dog. It's real quick. Uh, touch on the uh, conference final Hell games yeah. here. I do have a Great question I want to ask when we get to the Celtics and the Heat. Uh, but let's start with Jokic. Now, this may piss some Philadelphia 76ers fans off, but what I'm going to say about Jokic's 34-21-14 and 14 performance, triple-double performance in Game 1 of the Western Conference Finals is this is an MVP that knows how to perform in the biggest moments of the playoffs. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, he had a good game and all that. He had a good game and all that. What they won't tell you about is for about nine minutes in the fourth quarter, he had zero points. And the only reason why I'm highlighting this is because he had a fucking historic game. Like, this motherfucker is insane. Six triple-double of the playoffs, another 30-point triple-double. He's probably had two more 30-point triple-doubles in this series. Let me give my flowers to Darvin Ham. Because this motherfucker has 30 points, like 30, 10, and 10 in the third quarter. And we're down 21. My adjustment is, let me give Rui more minutes and let me put Rui on Jokic. What did that do? We can have arguments about the dunker spot, whatever. But Aaron Gordon's in the dunker spot. So let me take AD off Jokic. Let me put Rui on him. Let me put him on Aaron Gordon in the dunker spot. Why? Because I had this long 7-foot or 6-10, but 7-foot wingspan motherfucker being able to roam in the paint now. And then what happened? Jokic is trying to back down Rui. Turns, do his little spin move. Next thing you know, it's Rui here and AD here. He's missing shots, turning the ball over. That was a fucking huge adjustment that Darvin handmade because in that first half, that motherfucker, like he was looking, he was looking like he was walking on water. I mean, bringing the ball up, no look pass, back down, lay up, quick one move, uh, going into the fourth quarter, like when you thought he was God for real. Nad's face, step back, three in his mitt, like looked like he could do no wrong. That one adjustment, I think, is going to tilt that series on its head a little bit. As long, there's a couple adjustments actually I want to highlight. Oh, another one too, Dennis Schroeder. You look at the box score, you feel like Dennis Schroeder did nothing in that game. Played like 36 minutes. I think he went like two for four, maybe six points. Cash Kenny's ticket and shit. But him picking up Jamal Murray at full court, hounding him, disrupting their offensive rhythm, completely screwed him up in the second in the second half. Because in that first half, what the Nuggets were doing so well. First of all, they're playing flawless defense, flawless defense, flawless offense. But in transition, it was just so deadly. You get you get Dennis Schroeder to pick up Jamal Murray full court, slows that down a little bit. On on the offensive side of the ball, of things in the second half, you see way more, way more. The Lakers were hunting for Jamal Murray. Whether he was on Austin Reeves, whether they were trying to give him the pick and roll action, they were just hunting Jamal Murray for that switch, which led to the comeback even more. Austin Reeves knocked down like four threes in that second half. I think it was three or four threes in the second half. 
pretty much to the tune of those Jamal Murray switches, which in tune helped the Lakers' offense, which slowed down the Denver's, Denver Nuggets' offense, helped that comeback start. There was about like four adjustments in that game. One that I saw that I'm like, damn, this is going to be a hell of a fucking series. And I, I'm interested to see how Mike Malone adjusts back. Do you move Aaron Gordon in the corner? Cause I'd be like the way how PJ Tucker shoots four or five things, four or five things a game in the last couple of games of the series. I'd be fine with Aaron Gordon doing that. I think Aaron Gordon clogging in that in that gray area in that dunker spot was. I think Jokic should end up with forty five. I could, I think Jokic should have forty five fifty if Aaron Gordon just wasn't there. If Aaron Gordon's in the corner and AD has to have a foot in the paint, maybe maybe a foot outside and has to be aware of that, and Jokic can just go to work on Rui. I think he ends up with fifty. So I'm I'm that's one thing I'm real interested to see is where does Aaron Gordon and Jeff Green play. Did they get out of that dunker spot? Two, how do the Nuggets continue to decide to guard this pick-and-roll offense out of the Lakers? Because if they're, they're going to keep hunting for Jamal Murray, the whole Lakers game plan is to play inside out, run these pick-and-rolls with LeBron, get these inverted pick-and-rolls with, with uh, AD at the elbow, high post, and let's get these switches, and let's attack Let's attack our guy Jamal Murray. It's it's like it's like 10 minutes in, it was so obvious that was a game plan. I'm real interested to see how Mike Malone bounces back and, uh, and adjusts here because, I mean, this is not only a fucking player masterclass out of AD and Jokic. First of all, people talk about, can AD keep pace with Jokic? Yeah, that's what ESPN was saying. Get the fuck out can of here. Can AD keep pace with Jokic? Why, why is that our headline? Get the fuck out of here. My boy still had 40 and 10 last AD night. Already fucking he already dubbed him in the bubble. Already had him in the bubble. I mean, come on. AD can keep pace with him. Let's, it let's still win. is a historic matchup. Well, hell yeah. This we're, is unbelievable. We're getting the AD LeBron masterclass, Jamal Murray and, and Jokic masterclass 100%. Hopefully everyone can start talking about MPJ after this series because he hits a lot of big fucking tough shots time and time and time and time again. Um, but most importantly, I think we're seeing a fucking coaching masterclass. I'm talking about adjustments on the fly, back and forth. I I I could be wrong, but I guarantee you, game two, Aaron Gordon is not in that dunker. He's he's in the corner more than he's in the dunker spot because that just completely clogged the paint. It let Rui sit down and let AD help out, and it completely stalled their offense. As Dennis Schroeder's picking up their point guard full court. I mean, that was a hell of an adjustment on Darvin Hand's part. But this is going to be a hell of a fucking series. I did put a bet in. Nuggets to win game one. Lakers to win the series plus 330. Wow. Okay. Where the hell did you find that? Vandal. Wow. Is this like a special? Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say that, like, we are going. We talked about it last week, too, of, you know, we need – LeBron's going to have to pick and choose what games he's going to have to go off in. Hell yeah. And we're seeing now AD's picking up the, the slack here, and he's doing the majority of the work. In this series alone – we're going to need to see that from AD more times than not, especially Fuck it yeah. being with Jokic. What I'm also more concerned about is my two guys, right? You know, I decided this, you know, I was saying this to myself before the series started. The two guys that need to perform at the highest possible caliber that they can in this series alone is Anthony Davis and, in my personal opinion, is D'Angelo Russell. And when we have a plus minus of minus 25 last night and we're playing, what do we got, 26 minutes last night? Eight points for running cardio? I mean, we gotta be, we gotta be running the floor. You gotta be the facilitator here. I was very shocked. I know, you know, Rui did his job last night off the bench, but I was very shocked to see D'Lo not really in it as much as we thought we were gonna see him. Uh, He'll be fine. He fucking he stays having like a one for eleven stinker. And then he comes back and he's got a thirty. Ball. He has like seventeen. They win, but that's why I was saying that shooter adjustment was huge because shooter came in and filled a gap that D'Lo couldn't fill. But I think D'Lo will be fine. That up and down from him does fucking suck, though. You are right. If he could just be a consistent fifteen a game for them, nowhere between a minus four and a plus eight, they would be damn near. Like we traded. I told you about the record when he scores fifteen points or more. They're like 16, 17 now when he scores fifteen points or more. We got we got rid of Russell Westbrook for this in the playoffs. We got. I mean, come on, come on. All right. Um, <laughs> 
Like literally, I mean that's that's maybe like a little like all right, Alex, chill. But like, come on, nah, really? Russ, Russ hopped in the playoffs and hopped in his bag. Yeah, so I mean, hop right in his bag. We need we need the last name Russell to figure Thanks. it out. All right. Um, now I do have a question here as we head to the Eastern Conference Finals tonight uh, with the Celtics and the Heat. Again, more bubble matchups. This is pretty cool. He's always rigging it for the Heat Celtics. Yeah, we should have just fucking known. Yeah, we should have known. We should have known. Just known we should have known. I mean, Knicks would have got stomped on, but <laughs> we should have known. This is just like rather see my team like get Knicks, there. And lose. Knicks fucking Sixers would have been crazy. I would, dude. We would have went because the Celtics got tickets, bro. We would have went crazy. Um, all right. So with this series, I saw this on ESPN. It was tweeted out on our Twitter at ADED Podcast. By the way, um, the question was, who's going to have a bigger impact in this series, Jimmy Butler or Jason Tatum? And I believe that this question was mainly asked because of Tatum's fifty-point performance in Game Seven, and the work that Jimmy Butler has also done in these playoffs. Also, with the injury, we haven't seen those forty pieces. We haven't seen, you know, we saw once in in the Knicks series, but then you know there was a game when Game Five he had nineteen. Um, so I, I think this is from the beginning of the playoffs or we've seen the, the, the flashes of, of, you know, greatness from Jimmy Butler and then we got hurt and he's kind of battling through it. But I think it was really from Tatum's 50 point performance. So in your, in your, um, opinion here, who's going to have the bigger performance, uh, Jimmy Butler in this series or Jason Tatum? Tatum. I think we talk about better performance. I think only, only reason why I say Tatum. Or impact. I mean, impact. I think Tatum, I think just, I think the Celtics are going to win. Um, but as far as like importance of a player, I mean, there's gonna be no more important player than Jimmy Butler. No one's gonna have a higher higher usage rate, whatever. So you can say Jimmy Butler. The only reason why I'm going with Tatum is I think the Celtics win. But I'm kind of concerned with Jimmy because the ankle issues. Did you see him walking in the game at, six? If you look at the numbers from the Buck series, I mean, they were unreal. I mean, Michael Jordan numbers. You know what I mean? Unreal. <laughs> Jokic's numbers. If you want to go there, yeah, <laughs> Un- like unreal. Okay. Uh, tweaks the ankle, and the next series he kind of falls off a little bit. We see a couple pictures of him work, walking around with the ankle brace. A couple times he tweaks it again. He's not walking. He's walking a little more gingerly. If Jimmy Butler was at a hundred percent, bubble Jimmy, a hundred percent is gonna have more of an impact than Jason Tatum. I think that ankle tweaking. I think because the Celtics are gonna win the series and Jason Tatum coming off the high that he's coming off of, I think he's gonna continue to ride that. And I, I mean, I think it's gonna be it, it's Tatum's time. I think it's Tatum's time, bro. I honestly think it's I think it's his time to shine, um, him and JB for real. Yeah, and they be, you have the um, they be trying to say that him and JB can't play together. They don't like each other, which could be true. Which might I mean they might not like each other. I, I don't think that's true either. But they might not like each other. But if you go to five Eastern Conference Finals in seven years, you can play with each other if you don't like each other. So I I think I think that that question it will end up being Tatum. But I would have loved to see Jimmy Butler full health. Like hundred percent playing how he was playing that Buck series because he was on some fucking Jordan shit. I would say though, like, you know, some of the comments that us were saying Butler, and for good reason too, because I he's like have to. Like, he's I mean, to have if to. Butler isn't the biggest impact in the series, they're then they're gonna washed. get smoked. Exactly. Now again, if, I think they're gonna get smoked. And though. we've <laughs> seen the inconsistencies with Jason Tatum's play, and they're still able to find a way because you have, you know, Jalen Brown's able to step up and kind of do the majority of the work for him in the in when there's the inconsistencies. But he be have the thing about Tatum, he has a lot of impact. Look at those games he was struggling. You'll see ten rebounds. Yeah, and you'll he, see eight assists. Right. Right. You'll see big defense switching, digging in on Joel and B, digging in on James Harden. You'll see I have two points through three quarters and I'll drop fifteen in the fourth. Like that's real impact right there. Like what do you do outside the game when you don't get your thirty? Well I also and I, I say more about with Jimmy Butler as well. I mean, 
there's still like that hasn't been touched on enough, especially in that Knicks series. Was not touched on enough. The Heat are playing without Tyler Hero. Yep. I mean, Knicks could have lost in five. Knicks could have lost in five. Knicks, Knicks could have lost in four if Hero's there. I mean, we're we're looking. We're talking about the the, the three point shooting that the Heat have, which they didn't have in Game Five, by the way. And if they did, the Knicks would have lost. And they're have they're doing this without your shooter, your prime shooter out of Hero. So I think more. Especially with Jimmy Butler and the impact that he needs to have is way more important now because there's some injured guys there, including himself. That's what I'm saying. So do I? I, don't, I if he can do that, he do su- the Celtics fuck up super again? Stand, like super stand. Did the Celtics fuck up again and split at home? I don't believe that's the case in this series. They could. I, I mean, bro, it's gonna be one of them series. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes six. I wouldn't even be surprised if it goes. I seven. think we're going six. Probably. It's gonna be one of the things where the Heat are gonna steal a couple, but we all know the whole time it's the Celtics. And man, it pains me to say it, but like, if it ends up being, I'm rooting hard for LeBron right now, but if it ends up being Jokic versus Tatum, like, what the fuck do I do? Like, what do I do? I can't root for the fucking Celtics. Yeah, you can't. I can't. I love Jamal. I mean, hold on I a love, second. I love Jamal Murray. I love hold MPJ. On. I love Bruce Brown. You see Bruce Brown's bank out last night? Yeah, bro. That I was love nasty. Bruce Brown. All right, so I'll probably, I'll probably, root, for the, I'll probably root for the Nuggets. But I have to. But I just... Not even, like, putting the Philly-Boston type shit aside. The Celtics getting there last year and losing. You go back. You know, you, you kind of want them to win this year if they went back... Back to back years? No. What the fuck? It's like me saying the Cowboys go to two church No, no. Yes, it is. Is that really the rivalry with yes. Boston like that? What did, what did you just? You know how many games? Look at the, look at the history of this rivalry. I want them to fucking. Win. I'm, I'm just saying. Put it like if if, if there was if the, there was a way to put it aside, and it was like this team is back in the this team's back in the finals. They lost last year. They're back again. Wouldn't you want to see Tatum get one? His first one? Nah, I don't really want him to, but I'd be happy for him. But nah, I don't want them fucking guys to win. Sorry, Tatum. I, I, like I said, well, fine. If it's the Heat, then you're rooting for Jimmy, obviously, right? Yeah, like I'm, I'm rooting hard for the Heat. It's like hard as fuck. If, if Heat. like Lakers, right? Go on. Hard as fuck for the Heat this series, but I, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a weird conflict. How I bet that if it's Nuggets, if it's Nuggets Celtics, how I root for that. I might have to go for my guy. I, I love Jamal Murray. I love MPJ. I was saying, but God damn, they put us in binds. I need LeBron to handle business, man. I need LeBron to handle One business. One game at a time. We'll be covering these. Uh, these conference finals as we That's get crazy. later Someone and later. Get a clip of me saying that Jokic is better on the show and being like, damn, God. Well, they're going to probably they, you know, run were, back was, to what you said last dragging, year. They were dragging Ryan bad for the eye test tweet. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. They were. They were. Oh, no. oh, it's just like one of the old take exposed things. In the, in the time, can you say we were really wrong? I don't know. I mean, I mean, let's look at the game where he gave him 50 and the bull gave him 25 back. And they said they combined for 75 points. Kind of would have been cool to see MVP versus MVP in the I mean, finals. My MVP can't fucking hold his end of the barking up in the playoffs. It's a fucking bitch. He's an alpha dog. Sorry, Joel. You are a bitch, bro, from what I've seen. I mean, you can prove me wrong. And he wants an alpha dog. I want one. <laughs> it ain't Joel. And it ain't Joel. That's our show today. You can be my leading scorer. You can be my leading scorer all you want. <laughs> If you have watched this extended podcast on YouTube, drop a like, a comment, and do not forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any new videos. We got some tea parties coming soon in the summer, so be on the lookout for that. You can hit that 
post notification bell. So again, you won't miss out on those new videos this summer. If you have listened on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, do us a big favor and drop those ratings on our audio platforms. And if you are not already following us on our social media platforms, our Twitter is at ADED Podcast, Instagram at ADED Pod. And our TikTok, which is the name of the show, the All Day Everyday Show. We do have some uh, some guests coming on relatively soon, so we will be in touch with that. But that's for a later date. You've been listening to the All Day Everyday Show with All Day AJ and Manny Ruffin. My name is Alex Jagers, but you can call me All Day AJ. We will see you on the next one. NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. Stay tuned in. We'll see you soon.